But what a joy it was to gather together last Sunday for our four farewells. As we gathered together, as I spoke, I asked the question, how do you summarise 15 years in just a few minutes? Well, today, my last day with you as your pastor, what's my final word to you? What do I want to say to you? What do I want to share with you? What wisdom from God's word? As I say goodbye, not goodbye as your friend or a goodbye as your brother in Christ, but goodbye as your pastor. Or from my heart to you, I want to share with you my prayer for you. Over the last few weeks, we've had a number of songs, a song for when we are afraid, a song for secret guilt, a song for sleepless nights. In Philippians 1, here is a prayer for my final word. Firstly, I thank God for your partnership in the gospel. When Paul went to Philippi, he went down to the river to find a place of prayer and he met some women and he shared Jesus with them. Jesus, who was in very nature God, but humbled himself and became obedient to death for our sins. And so God exalted him to the highest place and every knee will bow to him on the day of Christ. And so he said to them, you must bow your knee now. Those women believed, many others believed, even the jailer in that town believed. And those people shared in the gospel with Paul, and so they shared in God's grace with him. Verse 7. They became God's holy people. They received God's grace and peace. And Paul says, you not only shared in God's grace with me, You shared, you partnered with me in the gospel. Verse 5. For they welcomed him into their homes. Even when there was a riot against him in the town, they stood with him. When he was thrown into jail, they stood with him. And when he travelled on, they shared and partnered with him, sending him money. Now he's in jail and they are still standing by him as a minister of the gospel. Paul sees that they shared, they partnered with him in God's grace and in the ministry of the gospel. No wonder Paul says in verse 7, I have you in my heart. I long for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. No wonder He's sad to be separated from them. He longs for them. But he says, verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. For the last 15 years, I've shared this gospel of Jesus with you. In that time, some of you have responded to this gospel for the first time. Some have continued to respond. 
And so we've shared together in God's grace, in his forgiveness, in his hope, in the strength that he gives. And we've not just shared in God's grace together, we've shared, we've partnered in living for Jesus, in serving, in gospel ministry. There haven't been any riots, none of us have been imprisoned, but the message of Jesus has become more unpopular in that time. In that time, we've worked together to share the gospel with our community through events, through ministries, week by week, and in our daily lives. In that time, I'm so thankful for your generosity, your financial generosity that's enabled me to lead you full time. It's no wonder, is it, that after 15 years, like Paul, I have you in my heart. I think of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. No wonder it was such a joy to see you last Sunday. So as I finish today as your pastor, I want you to know, I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I pray that you'll thank God with joy for one another. But like Paul, though I'm so thankful for our partnership together in the gospel, I don't want you to stay where you are. I don't want you to rest on your laurels. I pray that you'll be filled with the fruit of righteousness for the day of Christ. No doubt when Paul was with them, he taught them how to live for Christ. Now that he's separated from them, he teaches them by this letter that the day of Christ is coming, so follow me as I follow Christ, he says. Stand firm in one spirit for the gospel. Have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. And not just teach them, he prays for them. Verse 9. And this is my prayer, he says, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. They already loved one another. He could see that, but he prayed that their love would abound. Abound not in warm, fuzzy feelings, not abound more and more in loving being together, but abound in knowledge and depth of insight so that they might be able to discern, work out, see, not just what is right and wrong, not just what is good and bad, but what is best. For the final day is coming, Paul knows, far more important than my final day. The day when Christ returns and his people must be ready, pure and blameless for the day of Christ to the glory of Christ. And so Paul not only thanked God for them with joy, he prayed that they would keep growing, that they'd be filled with the fruit of righteousness. Like Paul, I know that you love one another. I've seen it. 
but I long to see you, your love abound with knowledge. That's why I've kept on teaching you the gospel and pointing you to the day of Christ, so that together we'd see that what really matters in this life is making and growing disciples of Christ, so that you'd see how to love others. With some of you, we've sat for hours and talked and prayed to work out how to love someone in a difficult situation, when you're in the midst of conflict, to discern what is best. Because I don't want you to stay still. I want your love to abound with knowledge, to be filled with the fruit of righteousness ready for the day of Christ. And so as I say Goodbye today as your pastor, as I give you my final words as your pastor, as I teach you for the final time. Even though these are strange times and there is so much change going on, I have the sense that we are comfortable, aren't we? There's a complacency in our Christian life and in our church. We're comfortable where we are and with how much we've grown as disciples of Jesus. And so today I want to call on each of you. I want to call on you as a church, not to stay still, not to rest on your laurels, but to strive. Strive to be ready for the day of Christ. Strive to grow in knowledge and depth of insight in your love. Strive to keep doing what is best not just what is good. Strive to connect and share Jesus so others will be ready for the day of Christ. And I don't just want to teach you that. I pray for that. I pray for Jeff as he teaches and leads you in the months ahead. I pray for the nominators as they seek for a new minister. I pray this for your new minister whom God will bring. I pray this for all of you, Father, make their love abound in knowledge and depth of insight so they'll be able to discern what is best and will be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to your glory. But will it happen? Will you be really filled with the fruit of righteousness? Will you really be ready for the day of Christ? With so much uncertainty and change, and we know our own hearts, don't we? Well, for Paul, the Philippian church was young. They were persecuted. And Paul, he's imprisoned and thousands of miles away in Rome and he might be executed. Surely he would have asked, will this really happen? How could he be confident? Yet he is, do you see, verse 6. He's confident that this will happen. Why is he confident? Well, partly, verse 1, because he knows who he is. He has a right estimation of himself. Yes, he's an apostle, but verse 1... He's just a servant. 
And he knows, verse 1, that they have other servants, they have other leaders, overseers and deacons there in Philippi. But most of all, he's confident, not because of their other leaders, but because of God. Have a look at verse 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Fifteen years is a long time that I've invested, that I've enjoyed being your pastor. But it's actually a short time. It's only one-tenth of the time that this church has been here, and the gospel was here in this community long before that, of course. There have been many pastors before me here. In fact, I've walked past some of their graves in our graveyard. It's clear, isn't it? I did not begin the good work in Currajong and North Richmond. But Paul began the good work in Philippi. The Philippians had never heard the gospel before. They'd never heard of Jesus before Paul came and shared the gospel. Truly, it was Paul who began a good work in Philippi. But the he in verse 6 is not Paul. Is it? No, God spoke through Paul. God opened the heart of Lydia. When Paul was attacked and imprisoned, God sent an earthquake and opened the heart of the jailer so that he asked the question, what must I do to be saved? It was God who began a good work in the Philippians. That gives Paul confidence because he, he knows that if God began a good work, he will finish it. Paul knows that God is not like an owner-builder who starts the work and moves in as soon as the walls are up and never actually gets around to finishing his work. Now God, God will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God will make their love abound in knowledge and depth of insight so that they're filled with the fruit of righteousness and they'll be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. God will do it. I am sad to be leaving you, for I have you in my heart. And I'm sad to be leaving when there's so much uncertainty, when we can't even gather together. And when there is still so much to do. Fifteen years and still not one of you is filled with the fruit of righteousness and pure and blameless yet for the day of Christ. Not one. And there's still so many to respond to the gospel here in our local community, to share in God's grace with us. And thousands more are moving into North Richmond. But I'm confident not just because I'm only a servant and I'm confident in your leaders and confident that God will send someone with gifts that I don't have to be your minister. No, I'm confident because I know it's not my work. It is God's work. And he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion the day of Christ Jesus. And I pray 
that you would be confident in God's work too. What's my final word to you as your pastor? I say to you from my heart, I thank God with joy for your partnership in the gospel. May God fill you with the fruit of righteousness so that you'll be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And I pray this with confidence because I know that God will finish his work. My final words to you are not actually to you but to God, to our God and Father, who will finish his work. Let's pray. Oh, our Father, I thank you for these, your people, who you bought with the blood of Jesus. I thank you that together we share in your grace and that together we have partnered together in the gospel. Father, I pray for them, that you might continue to be at work in them, that they might not rest comfortable in what they've already done or how they've already grown, but they might strive, strive to grow, to be filled with the fruit of righteousness until the day of Christ. And Father, I thank you that I can pray this confidently. For you are the one who began a good work in them. And you are the one who will carry it on to completion. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.